Welcome to what the if. How many ifs are there to the Tootsie Roll Center? Nobody knows. <laughs> Matt Stanley and Matt Stanley is back. Welcome back, Matt. Thank you very much. You, I said you were on assignment last week. Was that uh, accurate? Uh, I was That's what they say a, in the news, you know. I was in a parallel universe of undisclosed location, but I've quantum tunneled back to uh, the, the sacred timeline, I would say. That is fantastic. In fact, we'll have to do another what the if on how would you even give directions to the parallel universe? Uh, well, that is a problem. That would be tough. Um, also here, as always, Gabby Panicia from uh, Virologist from Rockefeller University. How are you? What are I'm you? Good. You're in our timeline as far as yeah. I have continued to infect the podcast since the pandemic. Oh, ooh, that's good. That's biology humor. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, are there any updates? Any interesting uh, things on in on the pandemic front? Uh, I mean, honestly, I've I've been in my own world uh, doing research for my uh, thesis proposal, but uh, right. you know, I, my continued advisement is get vaccinated if you haven't, and if you've got questions, email the show, and I can always respond. Absolutely, absolutely, and oh, and you, your uh, your first paper was published a week yeah. or so ago, two weeks ago. Do, how does that work? Do you get ratings? I mean, is no. it like we got the overnights, people are reading this paper? Yeah, the, the critics are raving. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, you get something called an impact factor, which happens later, and it's essentially how many people cite your paper later. Um, so how foundational does it become for later work? I don't really know if it will, and to be honest, I'm just excited that there's, you know, something with my name on it, which is... Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, well, speaking of having your name on something, I'm excited to bring in our, our guest. I'm very honored and excited to have our guest today, um, whose name is on a new book uh, that he has written called A Quantum Life, My Unlikely Journey from the Street to the Stars. And that is Dr. O, Hakim Olusheyi. How are you, sir? I am doing amazingly well. Thank you for having me. It is so cool to have you. I mean, you were Man. on with Neil Tyson and Chuck Nice recently, and so we're just bathing in the uh, the afterglow of the of the uh, iTunes ratings. Well, listen, you know, I'm 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 here with my people now. I mean, in terms of everybody being, you know, Chuck Nice is kind of cool, right? Yeah, he's not yeah. an actual science nerd, like got degrees. He's a he he knows science right, right? more than the average bear, but. You know, this is we're pure right here, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Make my nerd the P nerd. Well, you know, the pure nerd. That's what that stands for. <laughs> George Carlin, make my funk the P funk. That's where I'm yes. going. Make my yes. nerd the P nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. And um uh real quick, just give us a little bit, just just so people know what your book is about. And then we're gonna yeah. get into our if which comes from your, you know, your field of specialty, yeah, yeah. You, which is knowledge of the universe. But, uh, tell us yeah, about your well, book. Well, so the first thing is, you know, I always have to say before I give a, a, a public talk or anything like that, I'm actually a real serious scientist. 
Okay. Yes, indeed. <laughs> who, ha- yes, indeed. who happens to have a sense of humor and, uh, you know, talks like he doesn't really care <laughs> what his uh, <laughs> colleagues think of him. So, um, yeah, so, so it's a story of me becoming the guy that I am today. Uh, so it goes up to about the age of 30. And the background story is that I uh, came from a family where there was no uh, educational, uh, educational attainment, right? So my father was born in 1933 in rural Mississippi, dropped out of school at the age of nine, um, and left home at the age of 13, and then ultimately went to the Korean War. My mother dropped out of school at 16 when she was pregnant with my older sister. And just as her mother had, and just as my sister would later do. Um, and my father, you know, my family was somewhat of a crime family on my mother's side. They, you know, my, 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 my male first cousins were all members of the Crips gang. Um, and, uh, you know, two of the three ended up going to prison for a couple of decades. The two got out around, you know, early 2000s. And then one went back to where he is today. And on my father's side, you know, my father's family was entrepreneurial. You know, not, it wasn't just farming. They were also bootleggers. Right. So my dad took the business to the next level. Uh, so he started a uh, agricultural growing operation in Mississippi and a large import operation in New Orleans and brought me into the business at the age of eight. <laughs> and, uh, you know, on top of that, you know, I, for example, I have a 15 year old son and I asked him, uh, how many fights have you had when he was like 12? And the answer was zero. Right. I, I don't remember a day of my life having zero fights, uh, you know, and I, and I say that to say, you know, my uh, there was a lot of violence in my early life, a lot of abuse. Um, and, you know, I, I had to fend for myself a lot and, and, I, and I learned to do that. Uh, and, you know, survival isn't all, you know, sometimes you have to do illegal things. <laughs> and so that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually, you know, I, I fell in love with books at the age of nine. Um, Discovered Einstein at the age of 10, and I was off and running. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Was there a particular book that uh, started you off? Yeah, it's called the World Book Encyclopedia. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the age of 10, I decided I'm going to read the encyclopedias A to Z, and I encounter (laughs) Einstein at E, and I'm like, whoa! (laughs) Time what? (laughs) That is really... That yeah. is really cool. We also, I had the world book and I also read it A to Z and Z to A, but somewhere, I believe possibly in the C volume, there is a picture of a cockroach, a giant picture of a cockroach that so freaked me out. I didn't know if the bug bug was actually in the book. Uh, anyway, I, so I really, I can't say I've read, I've read A to A, B, and then D to Z and then Z back to D and skip. Anyway. Um, that is an amazing, that is an amazing and unbelievably inspiring story. I'm sorry. I must, you know, I feel like it's too bad Einstein's not around to hear that story. Which is a, <laughs> I loved it. Although he may have heard stories like that. Oh yeah. man. Oh, I wish I, I, there's a secret. I wish I could tell you. I can't. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is good. <laughs> the tease, the tease. The tease. Our, yeah. Um, so our if today is, and this is really Wonderful. Your, your idea. Um, I, and let me see. I'll try to give it a headline. Um, well, what, g- give us a little setup and then I'll, uh, we'll, we'll label, we'll give it, we'll give this, you know, how you give like a, 
uh, a paper or a title or something. We'll think of what yeah. that is. So, but but tell tell us about this idea you had. This amazing yeah. idea you had. Okay, so we we proceed a lot via analogy in astronomy and astrophysics yeah. because when you talk about the entire universe, it's it's very different from your everyday experience, right? Yeah. Uh, however, all of our bodies are a universe, right? And we're like mm. the gods of all the beings that live in our gut. <laughs> yeah, and so. Um, you know, if, 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 if we treat them well, they treat us well. Right. Or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So my idea is the following. I, when I teach observational astronomy to freshmen, I use the analogy that, uh, to help them understand the scale at which we're talking about when we say the universe, I tell them, Oh, think of the galaxy as the basic building block of the universe. Like you think of the cell as the basic building block of your body. And then I thought about that seriously earlier this year. I thought, oh, what if that were the case? What if I was so small that the size of a cell relative to me was the size of a galaxy relative to me today, right? And that's 20 orders of magnitude. So that would make me 100,000 times smaller than a, than a proton. But if I then were placed inside the body of, say, an elephant, and I decided to study my universe the same way that humans study the universe, yeah. what would I come up with? So in my mind, the first thing I think about is, well, look what we do. We sort of categorize the galaxy, spirals, ellipticals, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So you would do that. You'd be like, okay, I see these cells, bone cells, nerve cells, muscle cells, blood cells. And then you look at maybe their dynamics, how they move, how they operate. Then you look at how they distributed their large scale structure. And, you know, it occurred to me quickly, if I were inside of an elephant's body studying it that way, I'd have no freaking idea what an elephant is, right? Yeah. So why don't yeah. we study our universe from that perspective and see what we could possibly tell? Because that could be what we're experiencing as humans, right? We yeah, are yeah. looking at a very local phenomenon. In fact, that's what our Lambda CDM cosmology tells us is that the universe inflated so large that our entire observable universe was actually this tiny thing, in, you know, inside of the original Big Bang universe. Yes, yes. Oh, and boy, Big Bang for a biological creature. That This will be an interesting... <laughs> so, <laughs> um, there you go again. It's fantastic. So... <laughs> Okay, so let's see. What do we? Um, yeah. What? Oh, and 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 real quick, Gabby, why don't you tell tell the viewers, to, the viewers, the listeners? I work in television now. I'm all messed up. Um, Gabby, for the for any listeners who are new or who have forgotten, because sometimes we do have to wipe your brains after a show. It gets a little crazy. Um, what is what? Why is this show called What the If? Yeah. So we pick uh, one central if to start with some. What if idea that changes the universe in a single way and we follow its ramifications out as it usually wrecks said universe? Um, so it's a, it's a journey in a thought experiment that's going to take you in a very, very weird places. Yes, yes. So what the if... There were tiny, 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 tiny cosmologists inside you. And they just got a grant. <laughs> Imagine. 
Okay. Oh my goodness. They oh. like to party. These the first thing they Man, did I was, was about they had to drop a verse. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Um, so Grant awarded to um, and and we are these people. So we are now transforming. And uh, here we go. We're sh we're we're uh, shrinking down, uh, honey. I shrunk the cosmologists. Oh my goodness. Oh, we're shrinking. This is our shrinking music. That's our shrinking it's a music. Down than normal. A little bit, yeah. You know, we have to go to the still in the backyard, and uh, so we are now inside. And okay, so here's the thing. Like, uh, uh, um, and Hakeem, actually, maybe you can help us. So when we we begin, we are on Earth, but we don't even know we are on a planet. I assume, right? Is that where you, where where would you like to begin the analogy? Um, how, well, how ignorant are we at the beginning of where we are? That's a, well, you know, we're doing what we do here on earth, right? We're looking out at the universe, I think, right? right? right and and right, you know right. what, let me just say something about that really, really, really fast. You know, one thing I realized is, you know, every time we have some alien movie and you land on a planet, they look up at the sky, you know, and I realized how rare that must be in it. Right. When atmospheres exist, they're like super thick normally mm -hmm. or they're absent. Mm -hmm. Right. And the fact that Earth, we have a transparent atmosphere for which light reaches the ground and we're not, you know, bathed in damaging radiation simultaneously. You know, that's a pretty special thing. So we can't take it for granted that we're going to have an atmosphere. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. that we're going to be able to look right. out into the universe. Yeah, so we right. have to state that. So we're in right. our protective magnetic bubble, protecting ourselves from the radiation, and right. then we can study the universe. Call it a planet, call it whatever, but you need transparency and a magnetic bubble. Right. Yeah, because so right, if we were on Venus, yeah. we wouldn't be able to see the stars at all, right? That wouldn't you, occur to us as an Yeah, And you wouldn't even know they we exist. On, if we're on Mars, we're all dead from radiation. Exactly. Right? So we've got to have just yeah. the right layer of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Earth was born with the perfect uh, SPF. Right? Well, 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 well. No, uh, it no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Yeah, because yeah. you Correct. know you have to stage life like us, right? It took four billion years to set the stage for us. Yeah, you're right. Yes, or yeah. a Cambrian explosion. Right, right. Yeah. So here, okay. So we're inside the we're inside a body. So I guess I guess a good maybe a place to start is we are on the surface of something. Um, and so Gabby, as a, as a biologist mm. among us, um, and then let's say, what kind of, what are we exactly? Now, scale-wise, Hakeem, you were saying we're, we're the size of an electron, perhaps, or a proton? Well, we're, we're 100,000 times smaller than a proton, so we don't even know okay. the size of an electron. So that, <laughs> now, that be minus 20. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. What is the scale? I have no well, idea. I guess they're considered point particles, that's right? That's what I was going to say. That's easily debated. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay, okay. We're super tiny, and we know who we are. We don't need people to tell us who we are, right? We don't, no. we, we don't believe in labels, so we're, we're, we are tiny cosmologists with a very, very small... Yeah, so I think the, the, the critical thing here is that we're so small that, you know, when you think about cells in a body, we think of cells bumping up against each other, so they're right next to each other, right? But we're way smaller than that. So in the same way that uh, galaxies don't bump up against each other, that these vast distances in between, 
that's the scale we're on for a living critter now, right? We're inside the critter. We're inside your knee, um, but the cells are so far apart that we have no sense of the larger structure. So the question is, when we look out from inside that, uh, that living thing, but on this tiny scale, what does it look like? Um, so for, for humans, when we're looking up at the sky early on, one of the things that you, you first notice is that the sky is blotchy, right? The, the stars are distributed not evenly across the sky. Okay? So one of the things you try to do is figure out what that means. Yeah, what are those things? Yeah, so what does the universe actually look like that creates the illusion that we're seeing on our Right. So if we're in the, in the, in the knee, Gabby, where might we be that fosters cosmological, cosmological uh, conventions? Well, I feel like I have to ask a follow-up question before yeah. I can say a little bit more. So, I mean, obviously, we're really, really, really tiny. And we've talked about this before. We're at, you know, very, very small scales, the level of proteins we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be in the visible light spectrum. Uh, so when we say C, are we being kind of generous here? Are we assuming we are electron microscope kind of people? I mean, we're we're real small. So what what's the scale of what we're seeing here? Or are we can we see in a manner of speaking? Oh, I anything? love this. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> you you are real nerds. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> well, what would, yeah. So if we are, uh, that is, are we down? Uh, you, were, you were talking about how you were inspired by Einstein. Are we down at the level where I'm seeing either a particle or a wave without going too deep into, you know, mechanics? at this point, Gabby is absolutely right. You know, we have to assume we have a macroscopic eyeball <laughs> instrument uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. that is still tiny. Uh, right. Because really, you know, if you think about it, if you if you if you're visible, easily visible universe. So we talk about the universe in terms of redshift, right? At a Z of one or Z of two, you uh, know, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, Z of one is still pretty dang far away, right? And mm. and, and um, so you're really talking about, you know, where you can see things well, right? If you're a telescopic observer, that's you know not have. You know, you don't have a Hubble or a James Webb space telescope. You have a ground-based, regular-ish kind of telescope. So maybe inside of this body, you can reach around uh, 10 centimeters or so in radius, right? Okay. That's, that sounds that, good. You know, but, right? Um, so if you place it somewhere like in a larger animal in a gut, then your entire universe is going to be inside of the animal is what you're going to be able to observe. Right, right. Uh, and not, not much beyond. And so what, you know, what kind of universe do you construct for yourself? And the question is, the other question is, is that, you know, you're going to see processes. And when you study, when we study our universe and we're objective, we don't ask certain questions, right? We just, we, we, you know, we look at it with a certain objectivity and purity, but we don't assume that the entire universe is engaged in some process other than expansion, right? It's not a uh-huh. part of anything living or anything like that so would you make that assumption if you were tiny like that right you're going to be a pure scientist and you're you know you you see where i'm going how do you well i think we so we build a telescope is what it sounds like that's what you're saying in other words we 
we, however, whatever, you know, we're so tiny that really the way we see or the way we live, the way we interact is simply based on for, nuclear forces or something, right? Um, no, we can't, we can't be real. We can't be real. We just have to, we, we ah. have to be a, a, a spirit creature or something, right? Ah, we can't be. Perfect. We can't apply the laws of physics down at that scale, right? Cool. Right. But we do have to build, we have to build a telescope big enough to see, uh, at least in the, some frequency to allow us to see the thing. Or we do it by feel. Let's or we do it by ultrasound. Who knows? Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we have our spirit telescope in the knee. I can see, what is it, 10 centimeters is I think what mm -hmm. we decided. Yeah, yeah. So the knee is actually going to be like a kind of a neat place if we're going to, if we're going to be here. Because you've got, you got muscle cells around uh, that area. Uh, so right. these are things that are moving as the organism we're inside of is moving. Right. Uh, you're going to have nerves. Um, so those are electrical. That's got to be really interesting to observe if you have no idea what's going on and you're just yeah. you know, a tiny, tiny little cosmologist. Um, you're going to have uh, ligaments connecting that knee joint to you know the, the bone above it. Uh, I believe you have like joint fluid. Mm -hmm. um, which is going to be interesting too. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, looking for water in the distant cosmos is going to be something that applies to these tiny cosmologists. So there's there's a whole mix of different stuff that's existing. Oh, and bones. Yeah, you've got you you've got a bone under there somewhere. Mm -hmm. and, but here's a question, though, right? So, what about time scales? Because the the you know galaxies mm -hmm. move, but the the time scales are so long compared to the human lifespan. So maybe we need to have like some sort of ultra short. Uh, lifespan for our microscopic sub microscopic observer so that yeah. the processes that you see they're not just sitting there watching them in real time on the human scale but it takes them generations to uh put this stuff together oh it was a signal propagating yeah Ooh, this is really cool because you you so i you know i uh, i'm a lapsed scientist i started in astronomy and physics and things like that worked at Na i worked at nasa for a little bit Anyway, and then I was like, this is too hard. <laughs> I, I will leave. Um, if, they, if NASA gives me anything respons any responsibility, it's trouble. So um, for the safety of the American space program, I left and uh, went into documentary film. So what I like is that what you're, you're pointing to is how um, we often think of astronomy, for instance, as just pictures. And so we can imagine if we are, we have this telescope in the body, we're thinking of, oh, we take a picture like the Hubble. We see magnificent photographs of the Hubble. But in fact, a huge part of the, uh, maybe even, I don't know, the greater percentage of the importance of, and, and, and the things that the astronomers have to take into account is the time factor. Mm -hmm. And we can't make, you know, sometimes we can see computer simulations maybe of motion. What if two galaxies hit? Here's a thing. But we can't really, you really, you know, a movie of the sky just looks the same. Um, <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, so the time so is an important part of understanding your universe, absolutely. Right, so understanding the time scale on which things change is important, yeah. right? So stars change on the scale of millions of years if you're looking at it across the galaxy. But if you look at our sun close up, it'll change from minute to minute and hour to hour. Ah. Right. Um, so depending on the scale you're looking at and what you're looking at, it'll be different. Changes too. So inside the knee, um, uh, you know, if you're you happen to be looking at blood vessels, you're going to see those pumping stuff going by on the order of fractions of a second. Um, mm -hmm. The muscle fibers are going to be flexing and moving 
I don't know, what's the time scale for walking? Seconds, right? Uh, and then those cells are going to be aging too mm. on the order of decades. So depending on the, the time scale of our miniature observers, they're going to see a very different cosmology. Yeah, yeah. Or then that's why Hakim was saying maybe we have to, like, to keep the analogy correct, <clears throat> we have to slow down time or, or shorten the lifespan. I like the, I like the idea of shortening the lifespan. Um, can, I, can I, can I say ahead. something about that? So, yeah. you know, sometimes when I come up with analogies, you know, they're, they're like, okay, that's good, but eh, it doesn't quite work right. because of uh, the fact that we're humans and live in a society. Now, let me give you one of them. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I was talking about timescales to my students once, and I was like, okay, you know, humans, we have this idea of normal on Earth. But imagine that you are a life, you are some sort of life form. And your lifespan is but a second. A generation is a second. And you have developed a civilization in my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and so in 10 hours, right, you'll have, oh, it's 3,600 seconds in an hour. So you'll have like 36,000 generations. And then I come and flush the toilet, right? You're like, oh, no, disaster. But the flushing on that time scale is normal. But oh, for wow. them, it yeah. wasn't, you know, they had a false sense of normal just because their time scale mismatched with the time scale of their environment, right? Wow. The, you know, right? And yeah. so, ta-da, time scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, what I love about is how this is, Forget mind bending; these are mind breaking uh, <laughs> I, concepts. And so, so we see these uh, eventually. So the, this is the thing: they have to. Another important part of astronomy is is having a civilization that lives long enough to be able to note things down, and the next guy pick it up. And so, um, you know, they have a great training program. This grant actually was a great. It was a full. It was a full endowment. And so they build telescopes, and they build more, and they build more. They got they build like a very large array, and they really start to get a sense of what's going on in this body. Um, they are going to be looking for how did it all begin, mm. right? The, clearly yeah. that was something that, actually this is a question, maybe Matt, this is more a uh, science history question. When did we actually, like, at, at what point did somebody realize, and was it Einstein or Hubble or who, who said, uh, oh, by looking at the sky, we can actually figure out how it all began? That seems like a crazy leap. Well, I mean, human <laughs> beings have been making that inference since before writing. Um, ah, true. Right. right. Every, any any civilization that has a story about where I'm from. Right. Right. Um, the particular kind of expanding cosmology, one we could probably credit uh, Lemaitre, who was a Belgian cosmologist, priest, mm. a hero of Belfield, World War One, too. Um, who, uh, who started, uh, who, came, who, who sort of looked at the expanding universe cosmology and said, well, let's run the clock backwards, what it was like. Um, and he said, uh, he called that the primeval atom. What was it like when everything was mashed? Wow. So if they see, let's say they see cells undergoing division. Is that a fair thing to say, Gabby? They might see and then say, or, here, you're Gabby. How do you figure out how this all began? What we're wait, 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 let me insert okay. something, Miss yeah. Sir and Sir and Ma'am and Ma'am. <laughs> Please. If their universe, if, if it's a young person or a young animal oh, that they're in, right. yeah. then their universe is also going to be expanding. Right. Yeah. That they can yeah. somehow figure out. Oh, yeah. that's, 
I was about to actually point that out because too, oh, okay. I mean, well, no, no, no. It's, well, I was going to say expanding in a different way because even if you are a, you know, yes, if it could be a young person, you've got a baby that's growing up or you could have someone who's just getting into fitness. Maybe they, they lounged around on the pan, like in the pandemic and they're like, Ooh, I'm going to pick right. up jogging. Mm-hmm. And the tiny At this point, I'll check out. Or, I can't relate anymore to this. The universe <laughs> is shrinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if, if, the, if the muscles the are universe there, is getting a six pack. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, the universe is prepping for hot girl summer. Um, no, I, I think that uh, it's there. There are going to be changes already happening that might affect the structure of that area. Um, but I think that there's a couple ways that maybe they could try to divine the nature of the universe. Some more feasible than others. Um, so the first is yes, cells do divide. Um, and so if we're thinking of that almost in the way of stars. Uh, I don't, we can't, we watch like stars enter different states, like, you know, go supernova and stuff like that. We will probably have a system for looking at cells dividing and looking at, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, these things multiplying and growing and they could see, okay, this area is expanding as this person is doing a lot more deadlifts. Wait a minute, Uh, wait a minute. Person, do they figure that out yet? No, I'm I'm saying I'm saying that myself. As yeah. our universe is doing more right. air quotes deadlifts, they would. Our observable that. universe is doing. Yeah. It's gone to the gym. It's suddenly yeah. gotten very sweaty in here. Um, and so I just thought, okay, now it would be interesting to get to actually. There's there's two levels of a question here. One is, well, you know, are we eventually leading towards the idea that they see? The, the body, the human that they're in as the boundaries, that they're not, they can't see out, be outside the human. That would be one thing. But I think really, the really interesting thing here is how are they going to get to actually see the, the actual universe that we see? And so they would have explorers, I would think, and they would go exploring. No, no, no. no it's the scales are too, are too grand. They can never get oh, up. Okay, just like, interesting. Just oh. like you can never reach the, uh, like, like, think about it this way. Yeah. Star Trek is sci-fi. They have warp drive. Yeah. And how do they talk about, you know, the alpha quadrant, beta quadrant, gamma quadrant, right? They they divide the galaxy into quadrants and they almost never leave the galaxy because it's so big. They never go right. to the Andromeda galaxy or any nearby galaxy. They just stay right. in ours because everything is so darn big. So, you know, you're you're you know, you're gonna be stuck on a scale smaller than a single cell. Right, because a, to you, a cell is the size of a galaxy, right? Relatively speaking, so you're mm-hmm. not going very far or seeing very much. Although, wow. I, I w- if we were not all stuck in the knee, we might have a better chance of divining the nature of the universe outside of the body. So, for example, if you are on the back lens, the, the back part of your eye, Ooh. where we get light oh. in, Ooh. you do have mm-hmm. a portal to the world beyond. Ah. Uh, if you are on the edge of someone's lip, uh, you also, <laughs> too, are, you know, staring out into the universe. I suppose that's yeah. more of the transparent sky planet sort of thing. So, unfortunately for our cosmologists in the knee, they are a little bit blinded by layers of fat and skin and uh, synovial. But well, they, do have, they do have, they are able to transmit information. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. It's my analogy, damn it. Yeah, so, yeah. We're, this is totally gone off the rails. Exactly. Take us back. Here's, the, us back here's on the whole point. We're yeah. inside the universe. You're not on the universe. Yeah. Lit, right? This is lit. <laughs> right, so right, right, right. We're right. making the body their universe. And, and the yeah. whole point of it is, is the whole notion of suppose we talk about uh, 
phenomena beyond our horizon, right? And so yeah. there's ideas about, you know, can we look at the cosmic microwave background radiation and divine things beyond the horizon signals for phenomena? Because the right. thing that we realize now, you know, when Lemaitre, and I've never known how to pronounce the name correctly, thank you, sir. When Lemaitre <laughs> uh, came up with this idea and thought of the primeval atom, right? That atom is not the entire universe. That's the por portion that will become our universe. Even at that super high density and temperature, the universe could have been infinite in extent. And our portion, when it inflated to however many, you know, tens of orders of magnitude bigger, would, you know, place our observable universe as something that's like, you know, this tiny, still a, a tiny little thing in, inside of an even bigger, yeah. you know, expansion of universe. So just like our explorer, if they're inside of a large animal, they get no sense of what's outside of that animal. Right. We have no sense of what's outside of our horizon. Right, right, right. This is reminding me of something I was thinking of, too, when you were saying about, you know, uh, can you divine the nature of the beginning of the universe based on mm. what's around you? And so if we're really, really tiny, we might not have a good understanding of the sort of molecular biology of our cell stars because they, they do change composition. So the concept of a stem cell is something that we might not be able to divine. And so if mm. we are tiny, tiny cosmologists, we might not know that the state of essentially the matter around us was vastly different. It was arranged differently. These cell stars or what have you that we're looking at behaved very, very differently when, you know, our universe was new. And so ah. if we might have to develop, you know, some sort of cosmomolecular biology, some, you know, weird hybrid field in order to be able to even remotely understand how our universe began, because we might understand a little bit of it, that these cell stars divide, but we might never know that they divide differently. They have different processes yeah. that they all yeah. came from one cell in the beginning. Right. And, and, and that points out the difference between biology and physics right there. Right. Because <laughs> as you go back in time with physics, things become simpler and simpler and simpler because matter goes from right. being molecules to atoms uh. to just protons, electrons, photons, neutrons. Whereas in biology, it doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old, you are complex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. You are so complex. Um, although at the moment of inception and the moment, of, you know, it, it might be the one time where there, it, it begins tiny, but there is rapid inflation, I suppose. Yeah. Um, what you brought up to me sounds like phase change, right? So they behave one way at one time oh, and then yeah. later, yeah. you know, yeah. Oh, right. That, wow. How would you figure that? So, so, um, Dr. Oleshi, how would you, you're, you're the, now the director, you've, you've become the director of this program and you've been tasked with the, you know, figure out where did, what's going on here? How did this come to be? Um, what do you do? Well, with any problem or any mission, first thing I do is I get the, the right people around. So I'm going to look for, let's see. Uh, who should I get? Uh, Gabby and Philip. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I, I go like Jean-Luc Picard at that point. They give yeah. me what their ideas are. And I say, make it so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. But in, in, um, in some analogy to how you go about, if I look up at the sky, for instance, and that's all I do, and that's what people did for millions of years, 
Um, and I ask myself, how do I figure out how this all began? Mm -hmm. And I, eventually I got a telescope, for instance. Yeah. Um, what is it inside the body you might try to do to at least begin? Yeah. I mean, the interesting actually, this is, seems to me a pretty good analogy to what r r the real task of the physicists and even the theoretical physicists or the astronomers is so much uh, first, we're all, I was almost saying the way uh, the way you guys were, were describing how difficult this task is for these tiny, tiny cosmologists is actually that is how difficult our task is. We may not think of it that way because so much has been accomplished, but uh, it's, we just have no we have no idea. So we might as well do something. What would you do? Like, I guess you would observe. Maybe what kinds of things would you observe? Or so there would were you begin? several key things here right, that, that yeah. happened in the beginning of the 20th century that led to this. One mm -hmm. was understanding that there is a universal dynamic of expansion that allows you to run the clock backwards. The other thing, my PhD advisor used to say all the time, the, the most important and the most difficult problem in all of astronomy is measuring distance. And so <clears throat> right around the same time, you know, Hubble discovers that, oh, you know, uh, along with, um, I guess Henrietta Leavitt discovered Cepheid variables and, you know, Hubble used the Cepheid variables and say, yo, this nearest galaxy is way farther than we thought the entire universe is. It's two million light years away. That wasn't a number he came up with exactly, but uh, so what do we do? Do we find processes? Do we start measuring sizes and distances? And then we can quantify the problem. And the thing with the universe is, is that the thermodynamics are really simple because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's an enclosed system and it's, you can treat it like a gas, right? You, you press a gas, it gets hotter, expanded, it gets cooler. Now, coming up with, again, damn near a Dr. Gabby, uh, <laughs> from what I hear. Uh, That's the what I like are these that. processes that are going to nail us down? And, and allow us to have distance scales, time scales, and have an understanding of the thermodynamics. Because, you know, in the real universe, we have the cosmic microwave background radiation that has a black body spectrum, which makes it super useful uh, for, for, you know, as, as the density and size of the universe changes, you know, it maintains this black body spectrum. So we know, okay, our cosmology is, is right. We still see a black body, it's at this temperature. We, we, you know, we put this picture together well. Are there any biological processes like that? That, that you know, if I say, okay, here's the status right now. Here's what I've divined. And I love that word that you, you say, divine. Mm. Love it. Mm -hmm. And now I can construct a future and a past from this point. Right? You can't do it from blood flow, right? Although that's a process. But, you, you know, bone growth, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of hard because, again, biology is this sort of wet science. A lot of these processes that you might consider like basic molecular clock stuff can be interrupted by a lot of stuff. Like mm. if you get sick, if this galaxy is starving for some reason. Um, May I interrupt you? See, that's, yeah. what, that's what happens when you're so educated and, 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 you know, things, you know, people accuse me of this all the time. You say something like really like amazing but you just go by it like you didn't say anything at all, <laughs> right? So what was that? Molecular, biomolecular clock? What, what yeah. was that? Yeah, so basically you have kind of some, actually, that made me think about it. You might be able to use this body's circadian rhythm. 
That's a thing, actually. I don't know if it's present in knee cells, but based on some work from some people I know in in my lab who do this. um, So I guess for context first, circadian rhythm is, there's actually sort of like a molecular basis to it. There's proteins involved in keeping your body having a clock uh, so that we wake up in the morning and go to bed at night. Um, And if you've ever heard about people who, like there are weird stories of like people who go into completely dark caves and they completely lose their sense of time. They'll sleep for 20 hours at a time or something like that because they don't have a day night cycle anymore. They totally lose the ability of time. Say we're not in a person like that as these tiny cosmologists, but a person who's actually seeing light in the normal way that we do in this 24 hour cycle would maintain some sort of thing. It might be, this is now a very, very, very slow clock because if we are on the order of, you know, how like you know, these tiny, tiny lifespan uh, cosmologists, a day might be a million years, but there would yeah. be process to It'd it. It would be like so geological have, time to them. Yeah, it would be right, like right, geological right, time. Right. So circadian you know rhythm. What? We have, we a, have a, a way of doing it now because... If we take, a, let's say the human lifespan is 100 years, and, uh, well, that's not a good idea. I was going to make it where the, eight, the current age of our universe is equal to a human lifespan. 13.8 billion uh, years is equal to 100 years. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it's obviously off. But if you do that, right, so it's a factor of 10 to the, so that's 10 to the um, 10 in comparison to 10 to the 2. Mm-hmm. So 10 to the 8, 100 million is the ratio there. So that means that 10 to the minus 6 years, a millionth of a year. Did I do that right? Yeah. So, so since there's thir- 10 to the 7 seconds, it's like 10 seconds is your life cycle. Okay. <laughs> I might have messed up. That is it. I just want to say for everyone listening, including my younger self, this is how math can be cool. <laughs> if, <laughs> that, if you were teaching, if you were my, you know, even in physics, I would have, right, had a, you know, whatever. I would have been like, wow, that's really awesome. Um, I'm so happy you have a biologist and not a mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm flattered. I won't tell my mathematician friend. Our, you know, uh, uh, our friend Will is a, mathematician down at the IAS right now and, and uh sorry well yeah, he's a recover he's a recovery yeah. <laughs> that's, right. that's true he's he's also yeah um so uh, uh I love so yeah we they develop a thing and, and so in fact maybe these now at this point I feel like that 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 discovery you just had Gabby was kind of like uh Matt would that be like actually I was gonna say Aristotle or something but it's actually way before that somehow you reach the level of like the priests, the early astronomers, you know, and ancient astronomers who realized there were cycles. Yeah, right? maybe the pre-Socratics. Naptoplia. Oh. Naptoplia. It's a stone circle in southern Egypt, and Ooh. it goes back 9,000 years, and it's the first Ooh. known solar huh. observatory, right, for marking solstices and equinoxes and such. Cool. So that, you just, you just built Naptoplia. Nice. <laughs> I didn't even have to look that up. That is three times older than Stonehenge, for instance. Yeah. yeah. Um, Stonehenge was pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's crazy to me? Uh, You know, I I read this somewhere. Is that like, you know, in Jesus' time, they were looking at the pyramids and going, damn, they hella old. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thousands of years old. Yeah. Like, oh, what? Cleopatra yeah. lived closer to the moon landing than she did. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the pyramids are 5,000 years old. Is that right? So I'm going to take it racial for a second. Yeah. You know, the black man went to the moon first back in, uh, <laughs> I guess you <laughs> guys don't get the joke. Hear it. Let's hear it. No, it's a joke, right? <laughs> because it, in, in the black community, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, Columbus wasn't first. You know, there's even a book by Ivan von Sertin where they came before Columbus. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, back in Africa, we landed on the moon in 38 BC. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that would be an amazing movie. We need to see that. Um, right? That yeah, would be good. I know a great technical consultant. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and and, and pl- pretend astronaut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe star. Why not? Why not? Uh, Why yeah. not? Why not? Get in front of that green screen, we'll go. Um, That's right. And, and The Rock will be there. And oh, this will be, yeah. Like Playing the role of The Rock is Hakeem Olushe. That's right. And filling in for <laughs> Kevin Hart, it's Matt. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Um, so, uh, uh, would we ever, so as we come, come towards the ending here, I like to hit the gas pedal and I just go all the way. Would these civilizations, let's say they, they, they really get close to getting a sense of what the whole is. Uh, the, the, no, it was the whole, the whole as in W-H-O-L-E. Um, what are they going to think or, how, you know, how are they going to eventually figure out that it's um, more than one creature? You know, I, uh, I don't think they can because remember, can't. to them, mm-hmm. they for them moving around a single cell would be yeah. like us moving around our galaxy. So if you think yeah. about it, like like I was asked for some news uh, paper about uh, something recently that we did in space, right? And I was like, look, if you look at the grand scheme of things, we've gone nowhere, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know. But at the same time, if you look at the human effort and the mind power, the engineering and the resources that go into it, oh, my God, it's damn near miraculous that we get off the mm-hmm. surface of this planet yeah. and beyond the atmosphere. Even though we, you know, what we've done on the universe scale is nothing, it's yeah. still like miraculous that we could even do that, right? So inside of our, you know, this, these beings are smaller than an atomic nucleus. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they're like, we're going we're gonna to put forth an effort and we're going to land on the mitochondria. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, like our moon landing. You know? We will do this thing, yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, so I think the, and the extraordinary, I mean, there's going to be, um, in the same way that humans have these moments of, of realization, right? So our planet is one of many, our star is one of many stars, our oh. galaxy is one of many galaxies. Our, the moment of realization, uh, the, our, mito, our microcosmologists, they're gonna, it's going to be an extraordinary thing when they realize the knee is a structure on itself. And then they realize that mm. the knee mm. is part of a limb, right? An even larger what? structure. It's good. Time right? out. It's good. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, I get what you're saying. They, they're going to discover that there's a linear pattern there, like the large-scale structure, structure, like filaments. Right? Okay, all right, all right. I'm not, all right. I accept it. Right? And then maybe, <laughs> right, in, in the vast distance of time, they realize that the leg 
is part of an organism and that organism has its own rhythms and structures uh, and behavior, right? Um, I mean, you know, some, my students often freak out when they realize, you know, the scale of our universe. Um, imagine how freaky you would be to, re to be doing your cosmology and suddenly realize that, you know, like our local group was actually an organism that did stuff, right? Yeah. And we were just yeah. being brought along for the ride. And th there would be stories of explorers who did crazy things, like you mentioned Columbus, who, who you know, managed to jump into a stream, uh, first uh, uh, what seemed to be a, a, war, a, a lake, uh, a globe of water, a sphere of water, some liquid, and then they rode it and they just disappeared. We never heard from them again. But in fact, what mm -hmm. happened was they eventually came out and for a sec, for, for a, 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 whatever in the other times ago, they, there was a long period of time where they were falling and then they landed in a giant white ceramic, uh, you know, a white hole. And um, then it was flushed and, and a whole <laughs> other civilization was destroyed. <laughs> Wait, how about this? How about this? How about they're on the surface of a nucleus of a, of a cell? Ooh. And all of a sudden... Here comes a ribosome out of a yeah, <laughs> out of yeah. A and they're like, you know, would that be like a comet? Would that be like what's right. that? Oh, Uma, yeah, Uma Wuma, the yeah, Uma Wuma, Uma, yeah, Uma, 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 yeah, yeah. Am I the only one who doesn't know the Uma Wuma? <laughs> oh, no, the the, oh. the the thing that came from uh, interstellar space and then it went past the sun and disappeared and oh, yeah, I'm some, not up on my space floor. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, on, it's, on, it's on another scale from your. It's two two different a scale. We did an episode on it. I looked before you joined up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so here's where I want to end, um, Dr. O. <laughs> what does, I mean, the really profound, disturbing, amazing, uh, awesome, in the true sense of the word awesome, part of this analogy is that it leads you to think very hard about what is our universe and how big is the scale beyond or something like that? Where, how does that, when you think about that, where do you think and, and you know, how, what role might that play in your thinking about how to proceed in yeah, so, science? So I, I'm trying to understand the universe. And so I'm, I'm playing, so I, I think about things like when we say a galaxy, right? It's not just this, you know, in, in the case of a spiral, this disk of matter. There's also a supermassive black hole and this giant dark matter halo, right? And so if you think about, for example, the fact that the Andromeda galaxy is only about 10 Milky, 20 Milky Ways away, uh, then you would imagine that if the dark matter halos are 10 times the size of the galaxies, they're overlapping already. Now think about this, the universe is expanding. And so from the time of uh, recombination, before galaxies even existed, the universe has expanded by a thousand times. So here we have these two galaxies that are 20 Milky Ways apart, run the clock backwards, it's not very long before they're basically touching, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, when you, you know, it, it's just mind-boggling. So if you're like, what is the process that the universe is doing? You have all these spots, all these locations, right, where you have the supermassive black hole, the galaxy, and the halo, and they're all being separated, diluted apart from each other. Right. So what is the nature of this universe that we're in? Why is that happening? Right. What is and, that, and so that's how if I if I take it to this other example and I look at these other processes, I'm trying to figure out what is the bigger story 
that I can glean from having this limited amount of information, maybe I can figure something like that out. But, you know, so far, no dice, but (laughs) (laughs) we do okay. Yeah, it is amazing. Again, I would say that I just feel like one of the most uh, helpful and um, inspiring uh, um, aspects of this particular uh, thought experiment and this analogy you came up with is it actually helps me appreciate the questions of of the scale of anyway, what of the universe in a better way. Like I, my my mind generally, I, you know, I love science. So I've kind of got a knowledge of the basics of the typical lessons that are always taught. And so I get to the point of like, yeah, the edge of the observable universe, and maybe beyond that, it's infinite or something. But it's sort of like, yeah, you know, that's all. That's all. That's so far at the big end. But with this idea of the body, to say. Put your, imagine a perspective way out of that. What lies beyond is really cool, freaky, <laughs> and amazing. You know, yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you. Do you, you need to run there? Oh. Yeah, you know, sometimes there's background noise. I have to. Oh, it's okay. It out. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, this was lovely. I love you guys. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Absolutely amazing, yes. Oh, and that's lovely background noise. We don't mind that. Uh, Gabby, thank you very much for helping us, for guiding, for keeping our feet on the tissue. Yeah, the the atoms. We're we're real, real small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thank you, Matt, as always. Um, So I want to, we like to uh, plug things at the end, and I I must begin with... uh, um, Dr. Oleshi's book, A Quantum Life, My Unlikely Journey from the Street to the Stars. Um, and that's a, by the way, that is a beautiful title and subtitle. I guess you call mm-hmm. it like that scale <laughs> is incredible, you know, um, really. And ev- everybody should check that out. It is, a, it is out now, correct? It is. Uh, it is out yeah. and it is available everywhere. Everywhere. Ooh. Everywhere. Yeah, cool. uh, even in the Andromeda Galaxy. So uh, everywhere you buy books. Oh, that's even, see, that's great. Everywhere you buy books. Um, And Matt, anything you would like to plug? Uh, No. All right. Gabby? Nope. I am unplugged. Get get your vaccine, Gabby says. Yeah, get get your vaccine. Yeah. Hakeem, anything else you would like to plug? Where, Where can people find you to learn more? I have a lot of things going on. New Netflix series coming out called Making Impossible. You can also, I'm also on How the Universe Works on the Science Channel or Discovery International. Um, Like I said, Baking Impossible on Netflix, which is not yet released, but it's pretty awesome. They bake cakes that have an engineering function that have to survive some sort of like challenge. And I'm the engineering judge. So, Oh uh, my God, that is Iron Chef engineer. I'm not playing with him. Yeah, so <laughs> that is amazing. Hey, that when is... you sit it in the space, you can't repair it. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we that... don't want cakes into space. Yes. Forget <laughs> Howard Stern. You are the true king of all media, uh, Doctor Hakeem Oleshi, <laughs> and uh, Doctor. What was it? Damn near Doctor. <laughs> Damn yeah. near Doctor Gabby Panicia, and Doctor Matthew Stanley. Mm-hmm of New York University, Gabby of Rockefeller University. Um, thank you all. Hakeem, I just, I can't tell you what an honor it is um, and, and so exciting to have you. Thank you, you so much. Good luck with everything. 
And uh, everyone listening, you can go to whattheif.com. You can find all our episodes there. You can subscribe there as well, or just use the app that you're uh, using right now to listen to this podcast. And if you could leave a review or a rating, did you like this show? I don't see how you couldn't. Five stars, um, or as many as the stars in the universe that your podcast allows. Go ahead and hit that 10 to the whatever. Um, we appreciate it. You can contact us at feedback at what the if. Send us your ideas for an if. If you get ifed, if we run with your idea, you become a super ifer. Now, Hakeem, I don't know if you know, we have a final ritual here. Uh, Matt, would you explain that? And this is how we... Well, gazing out into the cosmos, especially if you're the size of a proton inside of me, um, often gives rise to a bit of an existential crisis. So in uh, crushing horror, uh, as we realize what we have done, um, we uh, shout the name of the show very slowly uh, as we clap. Like a one, two, three. <laughs> I you. love it. Wait, no. is, by we, am I included in oh, that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I'm really Absolutely. loud. I don't know. If I'm yeah, loud, loud is good. Yeah, Shout out from Florida, right? You know, there's a lot of room we need to spread those that uh, terror everywhere. The fear, the humiliation. <laughs> Humiliation, <laughs> the humbleness. Here we go. We scream. What? 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 Hey! <laughs> Black man on the moon coming this summer. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. <laughs>